Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. We're joined now by a group from our newsroom. We've got Alana Edgen, Alex Driggers, and Mateo Rosiles. Uh, brought you all in specifically because last week we enjoyed Hamilton, which continues this week, but we'll circle back on more of that later. Um, but I guess we'll start with you, Alana. You have a really neat feature that came out this last Sunday about Caffeination Station, a new um, coffee shop and like, clothing store that came in. What's, uh, what do you know about that? Sure. So the Caffeination Station is a coffee truck trailer that seems to have been growing in popularity recently, especially with their Taylor Swift Eras menu. And they are going to be having their first brick and mortar pretty soon. What makes that even more interesting is the owner, Meredith, she also owns Torque Boutique. And so both of these businesses are going to be sharing a former Einstein Bros location. And it'll be kind of a sip and shop. I spoke with Meredith on kind of where her inspiration came on this and some of the background. It was originally ideas born in university. And then when she graduated, she decided to just kind of bring those businesses to Lubbock. No, you're, you're wanting to avoid saying which university. I, I'm, I'm noticing you seem uncomfortable with this, but this was College Station. Oh, this I just, West Texas, I didn't Texas think it was A&M. super important. Well, the, the station part, I think it, it came from that, right? Uh, Caffeination Station. I assume it came from that College Station, right? No, that one was just a, a nice name that they chose. It, it didn't have it any rhymes, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it rhymes. Well, it makes me feel better about it then. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Sure, but we have Caffeination Station and we have Torque Boutique, and they are going to be opening hopefully later in September. They're still in the early demolition and design phases, but it's going to bring a pretty cool sip and shop type of business to that area of town. And one of the interesting things that Meredith noted was that there's not another coffee joint within a mile of that location. Understood. Now, this is the old uh, Einstein Brothers near like, around 82nd and Frankfurt. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And so that's like the second time they've tried to like fill a, like a, a coffee desert, right? Because you, I think you, I believe you said that their origin story that began in the Muleshoe Farwell area. Yes, so Meredith and her friend who helped create Calf Nation Station are both Farwell natives. And during COVID, when universities shut down, they had to go back home. And they realized that there's not really any coffee in that region or in nearby Muleshoe. So later on, they decided to open up this coffee trailer that they just kind of did seasonally in between semesters. And it just continued to be so popular that when Meredith graduated, she decided to bring it over to Lubbock. Well, thanks, Lane. I know that was a really good read we had in last Sunday's paper. And I know you've got a couple of interesting uh, developments and projects coming up. Anything you want to tease that you're looking at coming up later this week? or Sure. Weeks? So there is quite a lot happening next week. We're going to be seeing some news about a new lemonade truck coming to town. Seems to be an interesting trend. We have a lot of drink places coming. We're going to hear more about Lane's Chicken and why they want to come to Lubbock. We are going to see more information on the 114th and Slide development, which I'm pretty excited. That should be a lot of new business news coming out next week. And then, Alex, I know you were also working on a business story up uh, in Olton, right? 
Yeah, last week Mark Rogers and I went up to Olton, um, and you know when you say the name of that town, there's one thing that comes to mind for a lot of people in uh, in Lubbock and other surrounding towns. But um, Mark and I went up and we visited the grand opening of Rahino Barbecues brick and mortar store. So another case of a, a food trailer that has turned into a brick and mortar store, but it's something that's been in the works for the Rahino family for a long time. And, uh, and they were able to finally open that on Friday after or uh, Friday for lunch. So, um, a very cool story and, uh, a really, uh, big development for that very popular barbecue restaurant. Yeah. Why has that taken off as much as it has? I mean, you hear about them a lot. Well, they started uh, making barbecue after they took a trip to Houston um, a few years back. And, and they had some really good barbecue in, in Houston and elsewhere in Central Texas. And and he, Aaron Rahino, the owner and proprietor of Rahino's, he came back home and he said, man, I got to learn how to do that. So he learned how to cook barbecue and he'll learned how to do it really, really well. Um, so well, in fact, that it, it just took off like wildfire. But one of the things that he noticed there in Olton was that during the summer periods, um, business just wasn't very good. People in Olton weren't used to only having the, the option of barbecue and, you know, no other, no other menu options. It wasn't something that, that they uh, really um, took to very quickly. Um, and so they even thought, you know, maybe this isn't going to be a viable job for us until um, Texas Monthly's barbecue editor, Daniel Vaughn, swung through and had a few bites. And um, he actually ranked Rahino's as among the top 50 barbecue joints in the state of Texas for Texas Monthly's uh, annual rankings. And that's a big deal for a barbecue restaurant in Texas to be among that list, you know, that's kind of the definitive Texans guide to uh, barbecue. So he said after that, business just exploded, doubled, tripled, and people started coming from all over to to try um, their barbecue. And eventually um, he decided so that, you know, this is something that needs to have a permanent place in Olton. Yeah, and, and you kind of have to come from all over if you're wanting to go to Olton. That's a good hour and a half or just probably about an hour, maybe a little less uh, northeast of Lubbock. Yeah, f 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range. And it's not off, uh, you know... You know, it's not off I twenty seven or or eighty four. It's uh, you have to you you go there specifically to get Rahinos or or if you have other business in that area, right? Yeah, from from Lubbock specifically, and also from Amarillo, it's a bit isolated. Um, it's a little closer to Plainview um, and Littlefield, but yeah, it's it's definitely out of the way for most folks in our region. Yeah, just word of mouth and that. Texas Monthly listing kind of gave people the impetus or the reason to go make that pilgrimage or the regular just slight drive out of their way to it. Absolutely. You know, right after they launched, it, it kind of gathered a, a bit of a cult following. Um, and, and there were lots of people that I knew that were really big fans. But the Texas Monthly exposure really um, kind of helped to catapult them into the more of the uh, mainstream spotlight. And I know you and Mark had some food when you were there. What did you get? We did. We had some brisket. We had some sausage and um, some other uh, burnt ends, I think. We tried some ribs as well. Very, very good food. And um, we had lots left over. So I think uh, I had, you know, I might have to distribute some of my leftovers with the staff. But Yeah, that's in the newsroom fridge. 
at this point. I don't know, has anybody else tried this? Or You, um, you all have had Rahinas when they've come here to Lubbock, mm-hmm. right? Nope. Okay. I know Don Williams in the newsroom loves Rahinas. So. Our sports staff are, are big fans, yep. and, and, and now Mark is too. He'd never been there, but now Mark's a big fan. And let me just say, I know Mark listens to this podcast. I love going out to places with Mark. Mark's a, Mark's a great person to just have on your team. So thanks for going with me, Mark. And then I know, Mateo, you've been working on a heavier project. This for the second time in the last year, you're dealing with a um, proposed large student housing development uh, around the Texas Tech campus. Um, yes. This one's a little different than the last one that was in the, I guess, proposed for the Tech Terrace neighborhood. This is over in South Overton. Yes. So this is going to be on 14th Street and 15th Street, um, right behind CVS and Wesley Foundation buildings, um, also closer to um, St. John's Methodist Church. So it's in that little tiny area in that neighborhood. Um, it is part of the South Overton Historic District, but is not within that historical guideline that was determined by the city council. Um, so that is one thing. So if you're in that historic district designation, you have to follow certain guidelines. Well, this is just right on the edge. So it doesn't have to necessarily follow those guidelines. So it is a different build. It is mainly concrete and glass is how they're proposing it, is that those are the building materials. And it's going to be in a modernist element. Um, it's going to be 707 beds, um, beds about seven stories tall, um, and then it's going to have a parking garage built inside the structure. Um, so similar to what we saw at the God Bowl, um, plan development is going to be inside the structure and have only one way in and out of that parking structure. And that's going to be right on 15th, 15th Street. So right between the Wesley Foundation building and the St. John's Methodist Church. Um, right now, I'm going through all the paperwork, um, through an open records request through the city of Lubbock. We pulled all the documents ahead of the planning zoning committee. Um, so all the documents that will be presented to them prior to the meeting, um, we got that. And we're starting to see some of the same issues plaguing this um, this development. So the same ones as the parking issues, um, whereas we saw with God Bowl, they were frustrated with, I guess, like 40 or 50 um, parking spots less than that was needed for um, for the students to park there. This one's going to have about 91 uh, parking spaces less. Um, so it's going to have around 530, uh, no, sorry, 544 parking spaces when it needs 675, according to the city code. So like you've said, there's an upcoming P&Z meeting mm-hmm. coming up this Thursday. Um, obviously, this isn't a done deal yet. And kind of like a, you're uh, uh, suggesting here, there are, are, there's already some heartburn, some uh, um, indications that um, neighborhood association and groups are, um, have concerns or are probably going to be bringing those to the PNZ on Thursday. Yeah, and I'll have this all in my story. Um, I mean, you can read it on Sunday, actually, um, where it just kind of lays out what the heartburns are, um, what the developers are saying about this, kind of more of, of looking at what the building's going to look like um, and just kind of showing it as a almost like a before meeting um, packet that you can read or a story that you can be read before heading to meeting. That's when the commission will hear it and decide on whether to accept it and request it and prove it for the city council or deny it and make that recommendation to the city council. Sounds good. Thanks for keeping an eye on that one too, uh, Mateo. <laughs> we'll see how that plays yep. out. And then just to circle back with all of you, so we've got uh, the Broadway musical Hamilton will continue its uh, two-week run through the end of this week here at the Buddy Holly Hall. Uh, we had the chance to go last Thursday evening. I think we all had a really good experience. I guess just to start, what were your takeaways, Elena? Well, it was my first time seeing Hamilton at all. I hadn't even watched the 
one that's on Disney right now because I really wanted to see the stage production coming from a family background of theater nerds. I was really excited to go and see it, and I was really impressed. I've heard a lot of great things about Hamilton, and I think it really met expectations. Yeah, but what did you think about the audience energy and everything we were getting from all of that, guys? Yeah, Hamilton has had just a huge following in the time since, I, I think, really the COVID era, right? In the COVID era, Hamilton has had a huge following, thanks largely in part to it being streamed on Disney. Um, and so people listen to it, people love it, and I think the people that were there last night Many of them very much were, you know, already big fans of the musical, uh, were mouthing words and singing along. And, and yeah, the crowd energy was just great. I would suggest that people bring Kleenexes. I know my wife, uh, who sat next to me, was using them pretty heavily during uh, certain scenes. And I saw a few other people just around doing that. I don't know if you needed them, Alex, but, or if you just wiped on your shirt. Yeah, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, it did make me tear up because there's um, I have seen the Disney Plus version of it, uh, of the musical several times before. I listened to the soundtrack probably daily leading up to the performance that we saw last week. And I was going in thinking like I was going to get disappointed, but absolutely not. I was absolutely amazed. And the energy that the actors have, that they portray the emotions to the audience, it really connects with you. Um, no matter where you sit in the audience, it really speaks to you. You get to hear the lyrics. You get to see um, basically what you've seen on a big screen come to life. Um, and every, I guess, like little opportunities that the actors took to take the character that we see and make it their own was unique. And that's what made it a different experience and a better experience. And I'll say just how cool it is that we have things like this in our city. You know, um, it's the first time Hamilton has come to Lubbock. Um, and frankly, many of these touring musicals um, that we've had at the Buddy Holly Hall, it's been the first time that those musicals have been performed in Lubbock because they're they're new and they're popular and they're exciting. And so it's really cool that we have a venue here in our city that um, is able to accommodate those touring musicals and that is able to, to put on productions of this scale. I mean, like you said, it was really a kind of a breathtaking production um, experience. And so just to be able to do that here in the Hub City is remarkable to me. And it, obviously what we saw Thursday evening wasn't by any means packed, but it was pretty full house. I saw a few open seats here and there, but um, I don't know if that's going to continue through the week. I understand there are still some tickets available, but the fact that they are, uh, they've got a dozen shows, you know, a few matinees, but evening shows throughout, clearly a regional draw for folks from... Um, Amarillo and all, all across West Texas coming to see the show here. I was like, I might have to get myself another ticket to watch it again because it was that good. I liked it so much. Yeah, and I think, again, that speaks to the popularity of this particular show because a lot of these shows that we have coming through the Broadway at Buddy Holly Hall, we'll see two or three nights during their run. If it's a bigger one, maybe we'll see a week. Um, but, you know, they've got, like you said, more than a dozen shows in their run here in Lubbock. And, and, you know, if they're all at least that full, like, I think that really speaks to the, the power of this particular show. Understood. And I think it offers a little bit of something for everybody too. different music styles. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is uh, uh, vulgar. I saw some kids there, parents choice there, but, um, I've, but I've talked with quite a few people who say they're, they're, they're teens and um, I guess, 
um, tween age kids really like the show too. So um, just good lessons in it, I think. Uh, really probably inspires folks to uh, look in their uh, history book or uh, go to Wikipedia or whatnot and look up Hamilton or Burr or you know, various other historical figures and try to learn a some more context. Like, was this true? Is it, did this really happen? And I think I think it also like, just going back to what Alex said. I was like, it's we're fortunate enough that City of Lubbock is able to house these productions. And I know last night we were or the night we were also talking about like which other productions were coming through Lubbock and which ones we were, might want to see. So I like I know the Book of Mormons is coming to Lubbock, um, The Lion King, and then Hairspray, and so many other ones are coming in through Lubbock. And I think it's just speaking to the caliber of the productions we can put on now within the city and that the city can accommodate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to have these opportunities here for uh, folks to go go and do some, uh, some for free and some like this that are uh, actually pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. So if you have a chance, uh, um, go to that Buddy Holly Hall website and uh, check it out and see if there's an opportunity for you there. But thank you all for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at lobbaconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week. <laughs>